Hello and welcome to the Modern Divorced Podcast. I'm your host, Billy Tarasio. I'm the owner of Modern Law, a family law firm in the Phoenix area. I've been a divorce attorney for more than 15 years. I've got four kiddos and I'm divorced myself. And on this podcast, we're going to cover everything related to divorce, be it legal issues, financial issues, children issues, blended family issues, counseling, mediation, and more. I hope you enjoyed the podcast. Hello again, it's Billy Tarasio back with another episode of the Modern Divorce Podcast. And today is going to be a wild ride and a good time, I can assure you. We're talking to the ex-experts, and these are two fun, spunky ladies who are keeping it real post-divorce. They've got a business, and I'm so excited to welcome them to the show. Jessica and TH, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having us. Thank you. Absolutely. So... Let's just get a little bit of your background. Would you mind just telling me a little bit about who you are and what brought you to becoming the ex-experts? Well, Jessica likes to tell the story and then I'll chime in. (laughs) Well, this is really the story about how TH and I first met because my first husband and TH were best friends in high school. Mm. And so I met her when I was in college as a freshman. They were both juniors. Um, She had come up to our school for a Halloween party. And I went, I'd heard all about her from him. And I went running over to her and was like, oh my God, you're TH. It's so nice to meet you. And she was kind of like, where's Darren? Like so standoffish. And I went over to him later. I'm like, that's your best friend. What a bitch. And then like PS a couple of years later, we're living in New York. I feel like it's like- only a few years later that I've heard this story so many times <laughs> because we're doing this project together. And the truth is, you know, I was up, I was ready to drink and party. It's Halloween. We're in college. And this thing comes like two, two centimeters from my face and, and is like, Oh my God, you're a teenager. I was like, Oh my God, where's Darren? You're too close. She was a little standoffish. Right. I I was, I was not expecting that. And she was not expecting this. So, but in the end, that was our first meeting. We all, we became best friends in the city. We got engaged within a month of each other, married within a month of each other, found out within a week of each other, 13 years into our marriages that our husbands have been having affairs and recovering for each other. So we ended up getting divorced at the exact same time. So that was kind of like that sort of story, but I think individually in terms of like our background. So I was a TV producer, a network news TV producer for 22 years, and then transitioned out when I got married the second time, a little after around the time that I got married the second time, about seven years ago, and have just been working on like, you know, wellness and things like that since then. Um, I'm a huge advocate of essential oils. They really made a huge difference for me in terms of stress and stuff after my first divorce. Um, So that's the business that I've been in. And then ever since our divorce, we had been talking about the need for a better platform for women going through divorce. There just weren't enough resources without an agenda that seemed supportive and uplifting. Everything seems really ominous and scary. And like, you're already scared Mm -hmm. when you're getting divorced. There's so much fear around it. Like we don't need anybody adding to it. We need people telling us that it's going to be better down the line. Like divorce sucks no matter how you cut it, no matter what. So it could be a little while before you are on the other side, but there's life and hope on the other side. And that's sort of the purpose behind why we created X experts. And then for me, I was... Uh, this is really my career really launched right after my separation. 
I've always been super scrappy online and stuff. And I got myself a job with a media company who asked me to start an events division. And I was like, well, I got three kids under eight. I mean, I could put together a party. I like parties. <laughs> and I, behind that, I have my master's in marketing and strategy and stuff. So um, I started an events division and then USA Today bought them. Mm. And then I scaled the events that I created locally on a national level. So it was, it was cool. Like I really loved it. And um, like Jessica said, when we were going through, we had each other, but there was nothing out there that sounded like I would, I was scared to listen to anything that was out there. So I just paid a lot of money to a lawyer and it took me four years to get a divorce. And I did all the things that I'm sure you tell everyone not to do. And that's what we tell everyone not to do. But at least it's me telling you not to do it. You know what I mean? I'm not, I'm not anyone scary. I'm telling you that this didn't work. It's not going to work. There are other options for you. My divorce took four years. So at the time of our separation, it was not a good time for me. I was thrilled to be out, by the way. Mm -hmm. I actually told her that she saved my life that day. Mm -hmm. But I had three kids. And so as much as I want to run for the border, I got three kids. So. Then we revisited it. I was ready for a transition away from events. And I'm like, Jess, there is so much stuff out there. I would actually be more scared now looking online than back 13 years ago when we were looking for resources. So we just we just built it. And X-Experts is a place where we aggregate um, amazing experts, industry professionals like yourself, who you need in order to go through the process but also real life experts like us and 42% plus of the population who knows better now right. and wants to share the lessons they learned. And you know what, if we don't resonate, we have tons of voices of other people, men and women who people can relate to now. Yeah, that's fantastic. That is a, a fabulous, wonderful success story. And men and women by and large experience divorce differently. Very, it's very interesting because I am not, you know, I don't know. I I tend to not want to put men and women in specific buckets. Um, Mm -hmm. However, generally speaking, men and women experience divorce very differently and women are thrilled to be divorced, but financially worse off. Yeah. Generally speaking. I think that's very accurate. And men are financially fine and emotionally bummed and they would prefer to be married and they wish they would have been better husbands, generally speaking, or they're remarried and they just needed to be married. So for women, um, how, how do you help them tackle that piece? The financial piece we have on our website, um, we have the information that anyone would need divided into different categories. We have five different buckets, my divorce, my family, my wallet, my stuff, and myself. So any questions or concerns that anybody has that relate to finances at all when starting the divorce process or going through the divorce process, it's easy to go into the my wallet section and see whatever article or podcast that resonates with whatever the issue is that you're dealing with. So we have everything like, you know, had a budget, you know, do you need a forensic accountant? Should you stay in your marital home? Anything about what your financial picture looks like, we have available there. I mean, everyone's in different stages and everyone's financial different, you know, situations are different. So we recognize that 
even among all of the similarities that people have with a divorce, like our divorces probably looked very similar on the outside. Mm. We were similar age, both had young kids, you because know, our marriages look the same and we would travel together and do all the things <laughs> together. And, and both of our husbands had affairs, but the fact that our husbands were totally different people and totally different personalities made our actual divorces very, very different. So we can put out the information. Like we know the issues that may be coming up because there are issues that we dealt with. And so however, someone is going to be able to handle them will depend on their own financial situation. But we have a lot of different financial experts with a lot of different perspectives and a lot of different tips and advice that will work for people depending on where they are in their situation. Mm -hmm. You know, you don't, you don't know what you don't know. So we're putting information out there that might resonate. And even if you're not in that spot, knowledge is power. So we've also found that not only are women struggling financially more, but they're less literate. I mean, they literally don't know. And that's the majority. Again, not everybody, but many women are just not invested or interested in understanding how to financially support themselves and what it means when you're going through a divorce, what you're entitled to, and 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 even just the definitions of the money and how they may relate to you. So we have put that information out there so that we can educate women so that they can make smart decisions and maybe go and speak to a financial advisor or anyone, but at least walk in and have, have a plan in their mind to see if this is something that they need for themselves. It's really scary when you're in a marriage, you know, Tate and I got married really young. I was 23 the first time. I signed the things he told me to sign. You know, I went along with the things, like it didn't really matter. I had a good job when I got divorced. So as scared as I was, I also knew that I had a pretty solid career, you know, behind me. But I think that the problem for a lot of women when it comes to the financial illiteracy is like, they don't even know the passwords to the bank accounts. They don't know what the bank accounts look like. They don't know what all of their investments are. They don't know where necessarily all the money is. It's those, it's the fear of the unknown that I think really is an issue for a lot of women. So we and our financial experts encourage women, like you have the right to access all of your financial documents. That shouldn't be something that your spouse doesn't give you permission to do. And the truth is, if you can sit down and have a consultation with someone, that can actually help a lot of the fear dissipate. You may be, you know, you may not, you may have to go back to work. You may not end up in the same, you know, financial situation as you are now, but at least knowing where you are and knowing how to get started so that you can start building your own foundation is really like, it can alleviate a lot of the stress. So empowering. Right. Absolutely. And bottom line is being personally responsible for our own futures and our own careers is absolutely critical to thriving financially post-divorce. 100%. Even when women are in my office and they're entitled to a whole lot of money and they're going to get a lot of money and they might get a lot of spousal maintenance, like if you want to thrive post-divorce, you better dive into this because it's a big deal. For you two personally, how did you how how were you impacted financially and how did you recover financially? 
So I, my ex-husband was gracious enough to um, take on the responsibility of paying all the bills, maybe like two years before he was outed for, you know, all the bad things he was doing. Um, But I always had access to it. I was always paying the bills up until only a few years before we separated. And I was working and I had a 401k. So I knew what I had to know. Basically, Mm -hmm. I knew what I had to know, but I could have known a lot more. Mm -hmm. Um, And I, he was in a lucrative job, but then also, and I'm being sarcastic again, all of a sudden he lost his job. He's making a quarter of the salary. Like he can't possibly have the same lifestyle that he had. Fortunately for me, I understand his needs. He needs a salary like that for him more than to support me and our three children. So I knew that that was like BS. Um, I hired a forensic accountant because the extent of the lies and everything was just colossal. Now we've learned through our podcast that not everybody needs to hire a forensic accountant. So there are certain terms. And again, we educate everybody on whether or not that's a road you need to go down. But I, I was happy to go back to work. I mean, I'm going to age myself now, but I lost my job because I was working for Arthur Anderson, which imploded when Enron hit. So for all of you youngins reading the case study in college, <laughs> that was me. And I was on the business consulting end, but it wiped out 85,000 jobs. But I was scrappy and always, I started a eBay business at home. And then it just, I was always, I always liked having my own money. Yeah. But so anyway, my ex was supporting us in the lifestyle to which we were accustomed because he had set a precedent five years out. I don't know if all that holds true today in terms of determining those uh, payments and dollar amounts for alimony and child support. And then I did get a new job and I had this great career in events and I, I was okay. I was okay. And um, my kids were okay, and I held him accountable, and he stayed accountable. I will say that. He stayed accountable to his responsibility financially to me and our kids. Mm-hmm. Um, there were a few tricks along the way in our divorce that he tried to pull, but it didn't work. Mm-hmm. So today, um, I've saved up a lot of money, and uh, we are launching X-Experts, and we're, you know, we're moving forward. So I believe in us and financially we'll be okay. And if I have to go get another job, so be it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. What about you, Jessica? So when we got divorced, um, I was working in TV. I had, I had a well-paying job. So, um, I think there's always the fear as a woman that like, you know, you're the underdog and kind of what's going to happen. So, um, but I, I knew, I mean, that I could pay my bills at that point. Um, I definitely left money on the table during my divorce. I did not hire a forensic accountant. But for me, I had a different long-term vision of what I wanted our relationship to look like and what I wanted my family to look like. And to me, that was like an exchange that I made um, in, in exchange for being able to have the relationship that we have now. I waived um, spousal maintenance at the time. And I did get child support. 
Um, and I really like, I've always been pretty good about budgeting my money and saving my money. And I was very conscious about that. And I, I feel like for the most part, I've kind of maintained the lifestyle that we lived. I mean, we definitely went on bigger, better trips and, and I didn't take my kids on like the only vacations I've taken my kids on in the last number of years have been like to see my parents in Florida or on my parents are big family trips abroad and stuff like that. However, um, I was always too worried, like working in an industry where your show could get canceled and you don't know what's going to, you know, what could, what could happen. So one of the things that I just was really conscious about doing when I did buy my first apartment was I made sure that my monthly payments with my mortgage and my maintenance combined fit within the amount of money that I was getting for child support. Not that I was planning to just spend my child support only on that. But I kind of, for me, it was a little bit of a cushion. Like, God forbid, if I lost my job in the interim, while I'm looking for a new job, I can still cover my housing expenses. So that's the kind of stuff that like, I was really aware of, but I am a hustler. Also, Mm -hmm. I work my ass off. Mm -hmm. And I, even when I left TV and started working, I became a certified aromatherapist. I've been working with essential oils for the last seven years. And I happened totally randomly. I got my real estate license like eight years ago, again, as kind of like a little bit of a plan C if I ever needed it. Yeah. Um, But I do a couple of deals a year. I just feel like I'll do whatever it takes, but I was not going to sit back and just be too scared to move at all. Mm -hmm. And I really wanted to set an example for both of my kids, but in particular, my daughter Mm -hmm. that like, you don't have to rely on anybody else to make your own money and to do your own things. You can do it yourself. You just have to be responsible about it. Jessica has like three jobs and that has nothing to do with being a mother, by the way. She's like, today I'm a real estate broker. I'm showing an apartment. No, now we're working on X experts. No, I've got a doTERRA event. Like, I mean, but she gives everything like 500%, which is, she, she treats it like it's, it's everything. And I just moved. I bought a new apartment after my second divorce and it's been under, been gut renovated over the last seven months. And I just moved in last week. So I feel like all of my hard work has paid off. (laughs) Wow. Okay. Okay. So what, what you're saying is so important. And I want our listeners to hear this, no matter where you're at on your journey, even if you think maybe down the road, 10 years from now, you might get a divorce. Starting right now to take responsibility for your career, your earning capacity, your spending habits, understanding finances will be critical to your your future independence, your choices, your happiness. It's just, it's absolutely crucial. The next thing that I want to ask you about is I have heard that it takes people anywhere from three to five years post-divorce to truly feel normal. I want to get your thoughts accurate. on that. I mean, uh, first of all, I don't know what normal is. <laughs> and um, <laughs> it depends on where you were in your marriage. It depends right. on a lot of things. I can speak for myself and say that literally the day I got the phone call, I was out. She's t- I told her she saved my life that day. And the old me just like filled my body again. I was like an empty shell for so many years. 
all of a sudden I was back. I was clear. I was go. Let's, this is the plan call here, you know, get shit together. Like you've been waiting for this moment for so long. Like it's yeah. here. Go, you were go, free. go, go, go. You were free. I was free. You were excited was, to move forward. So I was, I was already there. I, I had already put in my three to five years before I got the phone call. Um, and, but I, what I will say is, what does take, and it's different for everyone anyway, I never sat in a pit of pain. Yeah. I, I, it, I, I was already in pain. Like that yeah. was, so I didn't have to grieve. I was awesome, but I had three kids. Right. So, I, I, and, and also like there, it was a lot of grasping with a lot of things, like the extent of the deceit from this man who was the father of our children and married to me, like was just mind boggling. So dealing with all the, are you kidding moments? Mm-hmm. Um, and also the growth for myself, taking responsibility for being in a marriage where I was treated like crap. Every time I heard his voice or I knew he was in the room or the bad energy, like how did I let that happen? So I think everybody's growth path takes different time, you know, a different amount of time, but it, every day there's always a little glimmer of something. So I would say that it all depends on how much you're going to open your eyes, how much you're going to take responsibility for yourself so that you can move forward. Because if you don't, you won't. Mm-hmm. And then it could take, you might never, I mean, Susan Guthrie posts all the time. She spoke to someone 27 years out, who's still like enraged and filled with anger. Like that's only hurting you. That's not hurting him or her. They don't give a crap. It's all on you. So you figure it out. And if you want to be lead the rest of your life in, in an opportunist way, like Jessica and I have, and like really like taking all of the little nuggets of joy is, is making us enjoy it where we are now and feeling so we just, we're just in a great place because we've allowed ourselves and forced ourselves to face a lot of truths and, and, but open your eyes to what's really awesome to do. Yeah. My experience was not, um, not unlike that where I was, by the time we got divorced, I was thrilled to be getting divorced. Thrilled. <laughs> I am with you. It still took, it was almost like, I felt like I was getting out of college again because I still had to rebuild my life. Mm-hmm. I still had to rebuild like what that looks like now as a, as an adult single mom and where to live. And it was not, it was not like I, you know, immediately bought a house. So it was like, it just took a long time to kind of really settle. Yeah. Did you find I feel like, I, I think, oh, well, let me just say that the, see the, the joy in what you just said that I see is those are your choices now. Oh yeah. My You're choice. making those decisions. Great. <laughs> like that feels really freaking awesome. Definitely. And and if you don't feel like doing this or going and living in this neighborhood or right. whatever, okay. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Then don't. You don't have to ask anyone's permission or feel like you have to. It's you trust your gut. Mm-hmm. So I, I just I already see like it, it's hard. And everything is baby steps. We're 14 years out now, but it took thousands and thousands of baby steps to get where we are. But those are already like, that's huge. That's on you. And what a privilege that is that you get to make those choices. 
I think for me, like it, it, I had a little bit of a different experience because I was able to get out like, and, I, and he was the bad guy. Not that I was like being that person. Cause I really wasn't because we really do have a great relationship. But I think that I was just about to start a new job. Like literally in three days, I was starting a huge new job for me. And I really had to get up that Monday morning and go to work at this new job and crush it. And I really couldn't focus during the day on like, what was me? And right. I had to really be immersed in what was happening and getting that show on the air. And I felt like I really did a great job. And so I think that in terms of like how I felt normal, like professionally, I felt like I was killing it. And that helped me definitely get through my days. Like I didn't, I really wasn't moping and I, and I really wasn't, I didn't have the time almost to kind of like fall into that level of despair. Not that that's my personality anyway. I think that, but emotionally, you know, I had met him when I was 18 and I got divorced when I was, we we broke up when I was 36. I would literally been with him half my life. Mm -hmm. And I didn't know who I was Mm -hmm. if I wasn't part of Jessica and Darren. Mm -hmm. Like we were together all those years. We like grew up together. Mm -hmm. So it was really hard for me in terms of like being able to navigate that part. Like I could, I'm, I'm a capable, educated person. I'm able to take care of my kids and like do the things that need to be done. And I'm very pragmatic about things. And I was able to also be like, look, as hard as it is for me, like millions of people get divorced all the time. This is not the biggest problem in the world. You know, like everybody's healthy, thank God. Um, But for me, it was a transition of like going through the divorce, but also solidifying this new relationship that he and I were going to have that I really wanted to be able to have. And I think to your point, like the three to five years, even though I was forcing myself through the awkwardness in the beginning of like doing holidays together there were things that I still genuinely enjoyed and was able to do, but obviously it was different. You know, he'd been having this affair and like now this other person was at my kids' birthday parties and whatever. But like I forced myself to make it through those situations because I knew that eventually it wouldn't feel so awkward and it wouldn't feel so forced and it would be much more comfortable. And I would say it probably was in that like three probably closer to the three-year range where I felt like we could legit hang out and laugh and have a good time and get along. And like, I felt okay about it. I I wasn't, I wasn't, you know, upset about what had happened anymore. I was kind of like, um, it happened. And now look at like all the great opportunities I have ahead of me. That's really interesting because people really struggle with what you're talking about, figuring out how to transition from being in a, marriage that is unhealthy, that's breaking to a co-parenting relationship that's healthy and functioning. And that does not happen overnight. And sometimes those birthday parties and those holidays can be not, a couple might not be ready for that right away. So it's interesting that you were able to transition immediately. So it's not that I was, and again, it was awkward immediately. It's not going to say that it was like, you know, all great immediately, but there was something. So I grew up in a time where there weren't, my parents are still together. Tasha's parents are still together. I grew up um, in an area and in a time where 
I did not have a lot of friends that came from divorced families. Mm-hmm. There may have been a lot of unhappily married family, mm-hmm. but, yeah. but very few people were divorced. So I only really remember like two girls that I grew up with whose parents were divorced. And, in, and, and for one in particular, and I don't know why this always stuck with me. Um, every time I saw her mom, her mom was bitter and pissed and unhappy and miserable. I don't know if it had anything to do with the divorce. Her mother may have just had that kind of a personality. However, she was always bitter and, and mean and miserable. And I also remember that this girl really did not have a good relationship with her dad. He was literally never around. The mother basically had both the kids all the time. I don't remember if the girl's dad was like at her bat mitzvah. I don't think that he was at her high school graduation. It was like bad. They really didn't have a relationship. And I remember when I first found out that I was getting divorced, when I grew up, um, there weren't a lot of kids that I knew whose parents were divorced. My parents are still together. And it just, I don't think it really just wasn't as common back then. There were probably a lot of really miserably unhappy married couples, but not a lot were divorced. But for some reason, I had a friend whose mom always like stuck with me most of my life. And I really don't know why she was one of the two friends that I had whose parents were divorced. And every time I saw her mom, her mom was miserable and bitter and angry. And the truth is that may have just been her personality. I really don't know. It may not have had anything to do with the divorce, but that's what she was like all the time. I also know that this girl did not have a good relationship with her dad. The mom basically had the kids full-time all the time. The dad, I'm not sure that he was at her bat mitzvah. I don't think he was at her high school graduation. Mm -hmm. He really didn't have a lot of contact with the kids. And for some reason, as soon as I was getting divorced, that was like the memory that I had. And all I could think to myself is that is not what I want my kids to have. I want my kids to be able to have as similar as an upbringing as I had, where my parents were still married. I want them to have happy birthday parties. I want us to be able to celebrate holidays together. I want us to be able to do things together so that my kids don't feel like they have to choose or that they don't feel like they're being disloyal to one or the other by wanting to be with the other one. Like that was from the very beginning. I was like, I have to make sure that that's not what my life looks like. I'm not a miserable, bitter person anyway, but I was kind of like, I have to do this for them. So within five months of our separating, I spent the Jewish holidays with him and his family because that's where my kids were going to be. And I felt like I could spend it with TH and, and not be with my kids. But I also knew like in weird circumstances like that, the more you put it off and the less you push through the more awkward it gets and it gets harder later. So yes, I saw this woman at my kids' birthday parties. And what I did was I gave her a hug because I didn't want my kids to see the tension. My kids were two and four and I didn't want them to like feel like there was anything wrong. I just always wanted them to feel comfortable when they were around all of us. Mm -hmm. And so I really did take the high road and it wasn't always easy, but it really worked out exactly the way that I wanted it to. So I'm very glad that I did. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like we had our arguments over the years and we are divorced. And even when you're married, you're arguing with people. He's right. a pain in my ass. Mm-hmm. But like, I feel like despite the cheating circumstances, he is a good guy. Mm-hmm. There were a lot of things about him that I could still appreciate, even though the end of our marriage wasn't great. We had a long, great run together. And for me, I really focused hard on 
the last couple of years not being good does not negate the first 15 that were fantastic. That was kind of the, the mentality that I had. That's what I held on to. And that's what helped me be able to get through it. So were you ever heartbroken? Because I'm not hearing any heartbreak. Sorry. When I first found out, and it was like presented in my face, literally, we were supposed to go away for the weekend the next day with friends of ours from college. Mm. And I said to him, I'm not going. You're going with the kids. I'm going to stay home in the city by myself. And I crawled into bed and I cried for 48 hours. And then I had to get up and go to my new job. So it was devastating for me. I mean, I really felt like I didn't know what my identity was without him. It's not that I wasn't heartbroken. I was, but I think that I was also like, look, this is life. Like I have to move through it. So I didn't spend a ton of time like being morose about it. I have had many crying spells and moments over the years where I felt like, you know, he's the reason why I don't have the family that I always dreamed of, you know, like when and, and I've had some really bad, like single mom moments where he hasn't been around. And I've been like, this is not what I thought my life was going to be. And it's not fair that this is what my life is because this is not what I signed up for. Right. I've definitely had those moments, but I also feel like the tension in the marriage the last couple of years now, knowing based on the fact that he had been cheating, like that's not what I would have wanted to live in for the next 50 years. And even though he was very remorseful and was wanting to make an effort to make it work and stay Mm -hmm. together, kudos to those who can, I'm out. Like that, no, that to me, that that's the deal breaker. I'm sorry. You have an affair. I'm done. So the heartbreak for me, I was able to like compartmentalize it and be pragmatic about it. And like, yes, it's horrible, but there isn't anything I can do about it. I can't change it. So I need to figure out how I'm going to get through it. How did you both find out about the affairs? We both got phone calls coincidentally from the women, but totally different stories. Mine, my uh, ex was developing a real estate Um, doing a real estate development in the city and he was staging the apartment and she had called my apartment one night saying that she needed, she said she was someone else, that she needed access to the apartment to put in some artwork for the staging, which totally sound legit to me. So I brought him the phone. He didn't know what she had told me though. And I didn't, I wasn't suspicious. I just handed him the phone so that he could have that conversation and give her the code to the building. But the conversation wasn't anything about the real estate development. It was like, no, I'm not going out tonight. Like I'm tired. And I'm like, I just sat there listening. And when he hung up, I'm like, who the hell was that? And all of the prior like information and suspicions that I had just all converged at that night. And I woke up the next morning and I'm like, we're getting divorced. So he never told you, you, you just, you were just like, I know. Right. And he denied it. He denied it for a couple of days. And I was like, I'm out. I know. And the fact that I don't yeah. trust you and I don't believe what you're saying mm-hmm. is speaks louder to me mm-hmm. than you like, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter what you're telling me. I know. And then over time, much more information, he did start divulging a lot of information and there was so much more mm-hmm. to it. And we were uncovering stuff because they were traveling with their girlfriends together. So as I was going through the bills, I'm like, Jess, we miss this and we miss that. And they were doing this and they were doing that. And, and, you know, I love Jessica that you had the confidence to listen to yourself 
and you trust know, your intuition. A, it took me a long time though, because when I think back now, it's like, whatever, I started having those feelings before that. I just think I wasn't ready. Mm-hmm. And for all of the people who are in marriages and, and especially if there's infidelity and people are like, how did you not know? And oh my God, I had no idea. Like you don't have no idea. You, you just aren't ready to face it. Right. My kids were two and four, almost two and four at that time of the phone call. And I think I was ready. I was just ready. And what about you, TH? How did you find out? I was picking up my son, who was only four, from school. And this woman called to find out if I was still married. And she basically verified that she'd been having an affair with my husband for four years. Um, She lived in California, so he was basically living a double life. And um, I mean, as I said before, like she saved my life. (laughs) And uh, but I I knew, but I, you know, even to this day, I try to figure out like, why didn't I just walk away? I'm I'm like super strong. (laughs) I mean, I don't know who that woman was in, in that marriage, you know, for the last four to five years of that marriage. I don't know who she was. She was someone who was going through a slow burn, verbal abuse, emotional abuse, and him not being around was great. I didn't have him around. I didn't have the bad energy. I didn't have to ask him anything, go out with friends, not worry about anything. Um, but, uh, for me, I wasn't unhappy. It was the greatest day to never be married to him again. And I did tell him that when, once I got like my ducks in a row and everything, I called him and he was annoyed, of course, because I called like seven times. It took for him to answer the phone. You would think you'd answer the phone when the mother of your child, children is calling you multiple times. But anyway, he goes, who told you? Like that was his concern. That was the first thing he said to me. Who told you? I was like, oh my God, who are you? Who are you? And go away. Bye-bye. I did get upset though, many times during my divorce, which took four years because of the man that he is, because of the extent. And, and, and then I was like looking at myself and, and just like getting really upset that, that I was being dragged through this. And for anybody like litigation is, is really just the worst answer. And we were paying and preparing for that to happen. It didn't because of course we settled that morning, but you know, it's a humbling experience being questioned about your education, your earning capacity. I went to an employability expert. That's a master's degree. It's great. So I can make how much money? Where's the job? Right. Why don't you do something helpful here? Give me the, show me the job listing that that matches up with what you've decided. And then being questioned as a parent. I had custody experts I had to hire. I was being questioned. He wasn't around for four years. Wow. So now you're worried about your kids' welfare? <laughs> so anyway, you can tell on the tone of my voice as, as this conversation goes on that there are certain things. Those were the things that upset me. Had nothing to do with him. It was just the way I was being treated and questioned as a mother and a person that was upsetting in the divorce process. So that's one of the reasons divorce sucks for me was the process really could just do a toll on your, on your confidence. Yeah. 
Well, ladies, we're out of time and I know we could keep going forever, but tell, tell our listeners about X experts and how they join and how they access and how that works. So X experts is a free resource online, E-X-E-X-P-E-R-T-S.com. We do run a podcast called Divorce, Etc. We're on our second season right now and have over 60 episodes of everything between your family, your actual divorce, uh, your money, yourself, and all the stuff that you accumulate and what to do with it. And then we tell our stories and we have voices from other real life experts of what we wish we knew and how we could have done things maybe differently and what we've learned since. So we are your community in terms of listening to a podcast, reading an article, reading the transcript. We are available on Instagram every single day. We're doing like fun tricks on TikTok, but there is meaning behind all of it. Um, And so you can find us wherever you consume information, but xexperts.com is where you start. Okay. All right. I am a huge fan of TikTok. So how do I, what's your handle there? At X experts. It's spelled out E X E X P E R T S. Sounds fabulous. All right. Well, thank you so much. And if you enjoyed this podcast, make sure to like the episode, rate the episode, and let us know if you want any additional topics. As always, we respond to what you, our listeners, want. So thank you so much for being here today and have a wonderful day. Thank you so much for listening to the Modern Divorce Podcast. Remember, anything you've heard today or anything you read online is not the replacement for actual consultation with an attorney and does not create an attorney-client relationship. Even if you called in and we spoke to you, you were anonymous and we don't have your details and you have not become a client of Modern Law. However, we would love to speak with you or you should seek out the advice of legal counsel or counseling or any other expert near you. And if you have an idea for a show topic or you need to speak with an attorney in Arizona, you can reach me at info, I-N-F-O, at mymodernlaw.com.